Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, powered by Jetro. Each week, we bring extremely valuable accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and putting more money in your pockets. Here's your host. Hello and welcome back to another episode. Today's episode is a special one. We have a special guest on, Gordon Henry, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Thrive, Inc. Now, before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Jetro and the Tax Minimization Program, which is a do-it-yourself training program to ensure you pay the least amount in taxes as legally possible. I am your host and founder of Jetro, Mike Jezoshek. Again, today's topic, we're going to be talking with uh, Gordon Henry, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Thrive. So, Gordon, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. Yeah, and so uh, we're, we're going to be talking about this a little bit later, but uh, I, I was a guest on Gordon's podcast uh, a couple times, and so this was uh, a great opportunity to now bring him in front of you guys as well. But Gordon, just to kind of start out, just so people know where you're coming from, just share a brief overview of your career, kind of what led you to Thrive and and what is Thrive? What, what does Thrive do as well? Yeah, sure. Thank you. So um, I've been, you know, sort of working for you know more than three decades, really in the marketing space. I've I've always been sort of a, a marketer, and and actually my title only recently changed. I was chief marketing officer here for many years, but I guess in a way as a marketer, I've sort of been an entrepreneur inside companies that were trying to transform. And what I mean is, you know, I actually started out my career in the newspaper business. So you think newspapers. Even back in the 90s, they were sort of seeing the writing on the wall about the world changing and they needed to transform. And a lot of what my job there was, was finding up uh, opportunities for us to acquire small growing publications that were maybe direct marketed or targeted that could help transform our revenue base. And then obviously, the, the move to digital was already well underway in the late 90s. And then I moved from that industry over to Yellow Pages, which was uh, starting in 2000. Now, Yellow Pages was still the, the print side of it, was still a very vibrant business back then, 20 years ago. But my role was, again, starting to... Well, we were a very innovative company. It was called Yellow Book, and there was a lot of innovation inside of it. We were an independent competitor to the te- uh, telephone company, Yellow Pages. And so we sort of out-innovated them in the print space. And then on top of that, we innovated in the digital space. We developed very successful online directories, built a search business, did some acquisitions of digital companies. So there again, there was kind of this entrepreneur type of mentality. And then when I came over to Thrive, Thrive was a company that we actually used to compete with back when I was at Yellow Book. But uh, Thrive used to be known as Dex. That was the old name of the company. And it was a Yellow Page company. And basically, after a Yellow Book, myself and the rest of the management team, we all kind of went off around 2008, 2010, did some different things, and then came back together in 2014 and joined DEX. Uh, and again, it was really, how do we innovate in what was then a, a couple billion dollar business um, to sort of bring it into the next century uh, and take it from being a, a Yellow Pages company, which was on the decline, and move it into a growth space? And our vision really was to move into the software business uh, to develop software for small businesses. Our customer base uh, in the Yellow Pages business was always small businesses. Small businesses have always advertised in Yellow Pages and online directories. And we brought them uh, a new product called Thrive, which we eventually changed the company's name. Uh, and and I'll, we'll talk more about it. But it's a software product for small businesses to help them manage their client experience. And I've been here for seven years. 
That's awesome. And I, I love that idea of kind of looking at being an entrepreneur within a company. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't think of it that way. And in mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, I mean, traditionally people think entrepreneur, you control everything, you have kind of that 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 standing point. But uh really you can start to create a name for yourself and, and build your career up to yourself where you almost your name is is an entrepreneur. And and like you mentioned, you become very valuable to other companies and you can kind of pick and choose where you want to work, how you want to work and what you want to do. So you're almost that, I I love the idea of entrepreneur within a company. And and it's just something I haven't heard of, heard of people uh, describe something that way. Right. Well, as you said, I mean, we tend to think of entrepreneurs being, you know, these, these innovators at innovators at at startups and, and, and those are very important what they do, but you really have to, I think more and more today think of having that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mindset, whether you're in a small company or a startup company or a big company, because so many big companies are finding their uh, products, their technology, their processes, their systems get outdated faster and faster now, uh, you know, with all that's changing in the tech, you know, particularly in the technology world today. And so you have to, well, personally, you have to keep your skills kind of sharp and, and, and looking forward. And then you have to figure out how do I apply those to my company? So my co- company stays relevant and keeps moving forward uh, because so many companies, you know, media companies like I mentioned, you know, print newspapers, print yellow pages, uh, even you know, television stations uh, or to, or to, or uh, or, or you know, media companies in the broadcast industry, radio. I mean, all those businesses are getting disrupted. Uh, there's people cutting the cord. Uh, cable is 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 threatened by streaming. Uh, you know, radio is being threatened by you know things like uh, Sirius FM. I mean, all these businesses are getting disrupted by new technologies and new ways of delivering these services. And and so if you're inside those companies, you know, you've got to be thinking about how how do I help this company move to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and I think that, that you can take that learning experience. A lot of people that we talk to, you know, most people have come from working within a company at some point in their lives. So you might be a great electrician, you work at an electrician company, and now you know that you can do this better and you want to bring it, build a team and do it on your own. So now you go out and do it on your own. Um, but it, I think that that the things that you learn within those companies um, help as well. And also, if you can be an influence within that company, if you say there's a new process to do something, what better place to try that out or present that in a company that you're working in to see if it works? And if you end up going out on your own down the road, 10 years down the road, well, now you have some 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 feedback as to where that goes. So if you have any listeners that are here that maybe are, are wanting to go out on their own, do things on their own, um, Look at this as an opportunity of where your situation, you might not be able to make that change now, but there is so much that you can do within your career, within your company that can make that preparation to, to that journey on your own that much more successful. Yeah. And I would just say, Mike, uh, speaking to the folks who I think are your primary listeners who are probably more small businesses, uh, I think that kind of discussion around you know, entrepreneurship and innovation within a company applies just as much to small companies as it does to big companies. Because some of the things we're going to talk about, like what Thrive does, I mean, Thrive is really a a software product that helps you kind of automate your business and modernize your business, and uh, in particular, automate your client experience. And it's really built for small businesses 
that have been doing things kind of the old way for a long time. There are so many small businesses that are still working off paper and pen, that are still working off Excel spreadsheets, that still require their customers to mail them a check and you know, you know, to a paper invoice. All these things that clients don't want to do anymore. And if you just keep doing it that old way, well, I mean, if you're about ready to retire, God bless. But if you're, you know, a 40-year-old business owner, you obviously can't do that and expect to survive for the next 25 years. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly a good point. So now you're host of the the podcast Winning on Main Street, which which has been a, a great listen and a, a, a regular listen of mine as well. Now, Thanks. what influenced you your interest in kind of helping businesses business owners out through that podcast? What, what's what made you want to start start that? Yeah, so um, uh, Winning on Main Street is 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 a podcast that is uh, by and for you know s- sort of small business owners. And what I mean is our our company thrive. Um, our customer base has always been local businesses and franchise owners as well. I would say franchisees, uh, but particularly those local independent business owners who are sort of Main Street USA, and they've bought. Uh, you know the ads in our print publications, search ads, and and now this software product to modernize their businesses. And what I kind of noticed was, if you look across the podcast landscape, there's an ob- ob- obviously a lot of content out there, um, but a lot of the business stuff you hear is sort of this Silicon Valley, you know, Facebook and Shopify, and you know, all these sort of rock stars. And there's not very little content that I found that was really geared towards. Just your everyday business owner who's like 99% of the business owners in the country, you know, mm-hmm. runs an electrician's business, runs a plumbing business, runs, you know, uh, uh, maybe some kind of landscaping business. You know, there's not that much for them about how to run their business better. And so that, that was really the genesis of winning on Main Street. And a lot of what I do is either talk to our customers and ask them how they're modernizing, automating their business, or I talk to experts in specific fields, such as yourself. Who can help them with specific areas of expertise? Yeah, no, that, I, I love that, and because this is an area of small businesses that that really need the help the most. And uh, you know, I, I can tell you as a business owner, there's a lot of things that you just learn from failure. So you try something, doesn't work. Well, hit the ground and try it again, or try it a different way. Try tweaking this, and that is where having a solution or a place that we can go to listen and hear stories, success stories of people like me, not. Not some big old company that sold for a billion dollars, but someone that's making you know a similar type of company size that I am, and learning what they've experienced, what's what's worked for them, or tips and tricks on marketing, taxes, whatever it might be along that line. So uh, that that's really been great, and and I've definitely been telling clients and listeners, hey, check this place out because it's definitely going to be um, something that's going to bring a little bit more value to you and your business today. If that's what you're looking for in a podcast, which if you're listening to this podcast, that's probably what you're looking for. It's a great, it's a great segue into that. With your experience working with, you know, a lot of small businesses, what is kind of the, especially local businesses and what I would call, you know, when I think of local businesses, I'm thinking a little bit more of an old school uh, type Mm -hmm. approach generally. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what is the main problem that you see them coming to you for help with or the main problem that you see out in the marketplace for these kind of local uh, mom and pop shops that are, you know, used to running things the way that they've always been ran or they inherited the business from a family member. What are some of the main problems that you see them come to you that, that can be solved? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, you know, I, I answered this with, you know, a ton of respect for small business owners. They, they have a very tough job 
uh, uh, building a business, you know, often from scratch, um, you know, managing their, you know, their customer base and, 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 and employees. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing running a small business. And, and we know the failure rates are, you know, 50% after five years is a real good reason for that because it's not easy. Um, but, but that being said, I, I find that most small business owners are good at their craft, but not at running a business. They're good at their craft, but not at good at running a business. It's the guy who makes a great pizza, but has no no idea how to run a restaurant, or or or, or the, maybe the stylist who you know beautiful cutting and hair, but no idea how to sort of book the appointments and make sure things sort of go smoothly. And you know you can take that example in, into so many different places, but just not good at running the business, and they don't apply the basic fundamentals of running a business in order to do the things you need to stay in business, which you know top of the list is cash flow, right? Like, like they think because they have sales, they have cash. Well, they don't, you know, they, they maybe get revenue, but they may find out at the end of the month or end of the quarter that they are running out of cash, those kinds of issues. And so we set uh, about with, with Thrive, really the software product to help small businesses modernize their business. And what I mean really is kind of automate a lot of the processes that make their clients happier. So what do I mean by that? Um, I think clients today, consumers, um, you know, our expectations have been changed radically in the past 20, well, 15 years even, I would say, largely driven, honestly, by the smartphone. We all pretty much live with this, you know, <laughs> device in our pockets. They say it's more powerful than the computer that sent man to the moon in the 60s. And it's in your pocket, right? And it does all these amazing things. Take it for granted now. It does all these amazing things. And the thing that we have changed, or the thing that has changed us, is when you think about the way we interact with big companies in particular. With one click, you order something on Amazon. You see the product you know, that the order went through. You see that it left the warehouse. You see that it's on the truck. You see that it's headed for your house. And you see when it shows up on your front door. You click again on Uber, maybe not during the pandemic, but it's actually their, <laughs> their bookings are coming back uh, on Uber. And you see, oh, it's going to be 11 minutes for that, ca that taxi to drive up my driver. You see the little car on the screen and it shows up in your driveway and you know to go outside when you see the headlights. You order on Domino's and you see the, you know, it asks you, what do you want the same toppings as you had last time? It goes in the oven. You see it leave the oven, go in the box, come to your house. Everything is incredibly trackable and automated. Mm -hmm. And that's not because people are working harder in those places, it's because they have systems that do that and makes the consumer happy. And the expectations of the consumer now is at this incredibly high level because those companies have told you, hey, this is possible. And so a lot of what I think small businesses need to do is start to meet the expectations of their customers. And that means it starts with like, I mean, none of this stuff is rocket science. Let them book an appointment online. If they're sitting at home at 11 o'clock at night and they want to book an appointment or have you come out and give them an estimate, give them a way to book that appointment when it's convenient for them, not when it's convenient for you. In other words, be easy to do business with. When they book the appointment, give them a, a, a confirmation that the appointment got booked. Um, when the, if the appointment's at 2 o'clock tomorrow and you're going to show up at 2 o'clock, send them an automated reminder that says, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm on my way. Uh, I'm going to be there at two o'clock and send them a reminder just before you get there because sometimes maybe they leave that reminds them that you're going to be there. Afterwards, you can send them an automated estimate, an automated invoice, accept the payments electronically and contactlessly so they don't have to find an envelope and a check and a stamp. 
send them a confirmation of that of that uh, payment. Uh, send them a send, send them a thank you and maybe a request for a referral. All these things that are commonplace for sort of bigger businesses are not commonplace for smaller businesses. And it's starting to modernize and automate that whole client experience so that it's easy for them. I, you know, one of the things I always wonder is if I've been working with your, let's say you service my HVAC system in my house, you fix my boiler and maybe you do my air conditioning and you do a bunch of the other stuff around my house and you've been coming for a few years and you've got all these notes and and, and things that you've taken on my equipment, including the make and model of the equipment. If you've got all that information, why can't I see it? Why can't I see that in your systems? If you've got it all recorded in your systems, why isn't there a Gordon Henry profile that I can just go and see that information so that I don't have to scrounge around my house to remember, you know, what make and model is this? Or when was that part changed? Or when did it last break down? Or do I need a cleaning? And what about if I sell my house? Wouldn't it be nice to present all that information to the new owner? It would be very valuable to me. It's just things like that to sort of innovate you know, the way you run your business. It, it doesn't actually require you to do the service business, but it's all that stuff around it. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and what you're saying is just kind of getting my brain flowing is like, this is all great stuff. And it, it's something that I see in day to day when I look at stuff. If I'm looking to get a haircut or if I'm looking to get uh, an adjustment from a chiropractor, I'll go to their website. And if I have to call to make an appointment, I'm typically going to the next person because right. he wants to find something where I don't have to go through as much work. I can couple clicks and, and book that. Right. Now, with that being said, I think there's people out there that are totally against that, but that's not the way we're moving. It, that's going to be the that that's going to be a small minority that keeps con- continuing to get smaller. Everyone's looking for that modernized uh, service offering. And I think that when you have a modernized service, it just shows that your service level to me, whether it is or not, is going to be better. When I have, when I book an electrician to come out and fix something in my house and I'm getting, I can book it online, I'm getting all these alerts, I'm getting an idea of what they're going to be doing when they're coming. To me, that just, that, that I would expect a higher level of service than someone that just comes and says, all right, where are we looking at? What are we doing here? And then they're kind of scrumbling around the house. So, now, again, not necessarily that does that replicate that, but from my standpoint, who is into kind of this modern way and, and, and more of a modern way to do business, um, I, I, I think that to me, that shows me that they're, they're going to be a, a better value service I'm getting from them. Right, right. Well, let me just, two comments on what you just said. One is about, you said some people may prefer to do it the old way. Even if I'm a guy who likes to call my businesses on the phone, I don't want email, I don't want text. Let's say I'm one of those. But I, I want to just pick up the phone and talk to a human being. When I'm calling most small businesses today, especially service businesses who are out on the road usually and often indisposed because they're on a roof or under a sink, um, do I get a, a person? Do I get a voicemail? Does the voicemail ever get returned? Because a lot of times these voicemails just go, I've, I've, I've been in the middle of storms where a tree went down and I called three tree guys and nobody ever called me back. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or do I get a response? And so, so if you prefer, if you want to be like, okay, we do business by phone, do you have a virtual receptionist where that automatically goes to a human who answers the phone? May not be in your office, could be someplace else, but it's a virtual receptionist who picks up the phone, talks to you, 
And if it's an emergency, do they get to you? Do they have a way to get to you so that you call me back because it's an emergency? My 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 plumbing, you know, is uh, my floor is flooded or something like that. Um, do you do that, or are you one of these businesses who don't call people back for three days? Um, you know, it's 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 not only electronic or or digital. It could also be more analog, but there's still ways to show that you're more modern. Um, yeah, and, and when you talk about this, I'm thinking of this idea of communication. And what does communication mean in, say, a modern-day business? Now, we all know what communication is. You send a text message out, you get one back. You call someone up, you get a call back. You meet somebody in person, you're, you're talking back and forth. But I think that, you know, the way that you're talking about is that communication might be taking a step up, where communication doesn't necessarily mean that I need to have a manpower person sending those messages, or I have to have somebody in staff and, and always on their phone texting people and letting them know, like, I'm going to call my account or my assistant, tell them I'm getting close to this client, and they're going to call that client to let them know I'm there. That's where I think is interesting what you're talking about is that this communication piece doesn't have to necessarily be manual or a human being to begin with. 100%. You, you, you nailed it. I mean, communication to me for a business means being easy to do business with that, which maybe kind of sounds just, you know, not exactly what you would expect, but communication for, from a customer standpoint, why do I communicate with you? Cause I want to tell you to do something and I want you to have to do it for me. So it just means being easy to do business with. It means I can get my message to you and I can get what I accomplished easily coming back to me. So your example is, is perfect. I don't, Expect and frankly, I think more and more people really don't want to talk to people because if I look, if I send you an email and you email me back, I know you received my email and I know what you told me in response. If I speak to a receptionist, so now you've got a person, and I leave a message: "Hi, it's Gordon. This is my problem. Here's my phone number. Please tell Mike to call me back." Now I'm wondering: Did she or I said she? Did did that person? Um, uh, capture that information correctly? Did that person actually give you the information correctly? Will you call me? I'm sort of like wondering. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, now I'm like in this kind of nervous point. Okay. If you don't like email, I mean, more and more people, of course, love to do text. They don't want to get barraged with text, but they want to do text with people who they know and trust. Um, and it can be, you know, it can be other forms of communication. It could be a form on your website. Um, there's lots of ways, but the basic point is use the tools. And as you said, I don't think it's, it's very often the, Products like Thrive, our software product, it actually helps you get um, more efficient in terms of your human resources. You don't necessarily need to. It's 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 a it's a people saver from the business standpoint. It's a way to let the machine or the software do a lot of the work for you. I mean, I'll give you a simple example. Many of our customers like um, birthdays. All of us have a birthday. All of us like to feel special on our birthday, right? I remember when I was a little kid, I still remember this from years ago, Baskin Robbins used to send me a postcard. This was years, decades ago. <laughs> uh, Baskin Robbins ice cream used to send me a postcard when I was a little kid on my birthday saying, happy birthday, come in for a free ice cream cup. I still remember that 40 years later. And it was like the highlight, you know, and how, how happy was the parent to be able to take you to the ice cream store and get your free birthday ice cream. I mean, it was like, you know, indelible. Well, today you could do the same thing with Thrive software and just automate the entire thing. Now, it would be an email, it wouldn't be a postcard, but you can automate an, a birthday email with a birthday greeting for every one of your customers. And you can do it on January 1st and not think about it for the rest of the year. 
You just put in the message. And if you want to put in different messages for I don't know, boys and girls, men and women, you know, different types of customers, you can, you can, you can put people to cohorts. But the point is you can take, take that idea, that marketing automation idea, and you can pretty much do that with your whole business. That's just one example. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're talking about this communication and how a lot of it can be automated or, or done behind the scenes, not by an, uh, an in-house person, I think at some point that also crosses the line. Um, at some point, we're like, I just want to talk to a human. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have a, a, a major issue, you know, you, you call your cable provider or cell phone service, and you know that you're just not going to get the result to the question that you have before you even jump on the phone call. Um, so at what point do you start to integrate back and, you know, kind of step away from all that automation and, and integrate back into that, that, that face-to-face or touch or email, the email communication direct from someone in your team? And, and what point is too far to take the automation if that's yeah. even possible? No, you're, you're, you're hundred percent right. And I, I, I think it's just using it smartly. Um, you know, I, I, if I go onto your website at 11 o'clock at night and all I want to do is set up an appointment for you to come on Tuesday at 11 o'clock, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to do it, make sure it's booked, get the confirmation, be done. I don't have any interest in speaking to you. If, however, my earlier example, it's an emergency, tree just fell, floor is flooded, and I need to speak to a person, you should have, it could be a click box, it could be a message box where you say, this is urgent, and that has higher escalation and maybe that automatically gets routed to my cell phone. Maybe that automatically gets, I get, I as the owner get a text message because the person clicked the box that said emergency. And now I say, oh, Mike's floor is flooded. I got to go there even if it's two o'clock in the morning. Okay. And that's, you know, you just have to have the proper systems in place. Yeah. And, and I think what we're talking a lot about here is this customer journey. When you talk, when you give Uber as an example, or we talk about Domino's, it's that journey of when we place our pizza order, we can see where it is in the process. We know exactly when it's going to show up at our front door. Um, and I think this that customer journey is one of the biggest ways that you retain clients or, or get repeat clients if it's something someone comes back to and builds a reputation. Um, people talk about those types of things. People say like Uber is the best way to do it. I, I, I might feel safer in a taxi or I might feel safer in something else, but I know it's so much easier going down this route. And, and, and so that's what I'm going to do is because it's the easy route. Uh, so this customer journey, I think, is so important in every business, every businesses, no matter what, whether you're local service-based business, or you're an online company, whatever it might be. Um, what is the main thing that you see businesses do wrong? And what do some of those most successful businesses do right when it comes to that customer and client experience management? Yeah, well, the the wrong part is, you know, it goes back to some of the things we said. They're still a little bit stuck in the past, requiring their customer to do all the work, um, whether that's, uh, uh, you know, call me. And if I don't call you back, well, you got to call me again. You got to call me two or three times in order to book the appointment. That That's a hassle for the customer. Um, I show up and I didn't tell you. I said I'd be there Wednesday. Well, what time Wednesday? Well, I can't tell you what time. I'm busy. You know, so, so I show up at two in the afternoon. That happens to be the time when you and your wife are working at home are both on the phone. And, and, and I've had this happen to me. Literally, the guy shows up practically unannounced. I'm on the phone. Maybe I'm doing a podcast with Mike and my wife is on the phone and the doorbell rings. I'm like, who's, who's ringing the doorbell to? Oh, it's that guy who said he'd be here sometime Wednesday, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You make it convenient for you as the business, but totally inconvenient for your customer. And you may say, well, that's hard because I'm running a business. Well, that goes back to small businesses have to get better at running the business in a way that's convenient for their customer. And it's not impossible. It's just 
using the right tools. When your cut, when your when your uh, service person shows up, by the way, um, are they just dressed uh, cleanly, properly? If they're coming in the house, do they wear those little booty things so they don't track mud through the house? All these ways, you know, it's not all about automation. All these ways of signaling to your customer that you really care about making the experience pleasant, polite, professional, prompt. You know, for them, those are all. It's all part of being a better business and making making uh, it easier to do business with you. Yeah. And what it, so those are the things they're doing wrong, and I guess that's the answer to what they're doing right. And honestly, if you really need a guidebook, just look look at yourself. Think about yourself as a consumer, and when you do business with other companies, what are the things that make you happy, that delight you, or your or your spouse, or your family? What what do they respond to and say? Hey, this is awesome, and what sort of ticks them off. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. And, and you know, it's funny that you bring up the point of uh, a contractor showing up when you're busy, you're, everyone in the house is busy, like, well, I didn't know this guy was coming. And because I, I always laugh with my wife, that, that's one of my pet peeves is, is why does somebody just call me without texting me first to see if I'm available? Right. I oftentimes won't even answer a phone call if it comes in unless I was expecting it. Because in order for me to stop what I'm doing, answer that call, then have to figure out what they need or where I need to look for that. There's so much time being wasted there where if they say, hey, are you available in 15 minutes? I am. I'm going to finish up what I'm doing here, get to a stopping point. I'm going to bring up their file, kind of know what I need to work on, jump on, and that call becomes so much more productive instead of trying to backtrack. So uh, I just think it's funny that you mentioned that and something that I think is is, is big. You know, at, at the core of our product, Thrive, is basically a customer database. And, and, and if people are thinking about, oh, my God, there's so much to think about, start with your database. Do you have a single place, digital place, ideally as part of a software program, where you've got all your client information, you, you know, name, address, phone, telephone number, hopefully email, hopefully, you know, do they accept text? What text uh, number do they want? And then all the client history information should ideally be in there. We capture or allow the business to capture all that cu- customer history and sort of store it in one place. And we have a nice way of doing it. It's easy for everybody to see. And by the way, if you have staff, everybody's looking at the same system. Everybody's looking at the same information. And an example of why that's valuable, I mean, I think about um, I have a bunch of doctors in my family, so I have a lot of history with, with, with medical profession. I think the medical profession is probably the worst in terms of basic customer information and probably in more competitive industries, you just can't get away with it. How many times have you gone to even the same doctor and been asked to fill out a form, usually on a piece of paper and a pen, what's your name, what's your, what's your address, what's your insurance, what's your date of birth, all that you know, basic information? Over and over and over. I've often had been asked to do it in advance, and then I show up at the office, and I got to be asked, and I'm asked to do it again. I mean, it's it's like insulting. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, so you know, kind of talking about this this technology and and solutions available to businesses. What do you see emerging or developing in the future? currently in the near future for small business solutions and technology, just to help those small businesses better connect and serve their clients at the same time. Right. Well, obviously, I'm partial to our own software, but I think there are there are a bunch of tools out there um, that automate pieces of what you do. Um, QuickBooks, you know, example is a is a, is a tax tool that's super popular with small businesses or accounting software. Um, you know that 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 sort of helps at least somewhat automate the accounting process. At least gives you you know the data in one place. Um, and there are pieces, other pieces of what small businesses do that have other similar uh, tools. 
that enable a uh, small business to, to, to sort of automate one feature or function of what they do. What Thrive does really is it tries to do it much more broadly um, and tie all these pieces together because often you find you start using a bunch of different tools. They don't talk to each other. And now you've got this kind of cluster. It's better to have one single piece of software that's sort of end to end. Now, that being said, um, we integrate, we, we don't try to do everything. For example, we integrate with QuickBooks, we integrate with Constant Contact, we integrate with Gmail, we integrate with Typeform, many other tools there that people still want to use. We don't expect them to drop those. And so these, you know, connect together. I think that's really the future is small businesses will be using software, um, very mobile friendly, uh, and that it all integrates together so that they either have one piece of integrated software or that they can tie in the other things that they already use um, to create more of this kind of seamless uh, automated process we've been uh, uh, talking about. And, and that at the end of the day, they're easier to do business uh, with, that they, uh, you cons consumer can tell you their problem easily, get the quote, have you do the work, pay. Pay is a big one. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, if, you can if you can automate the payment process, it takes so much of the headache. I don't know about you. I hate writing checks. Hate it, hate it, hate it. And I'll, I'll, I'll prefer a business just because they let me pay automatically. I, I just, people don't want to get out of their chair. They just don't want to get out of their chair. They want to be able to do it all in front of their computer or their phone and not have to get out of their chair. And, and, and again, to use some popular examples, think about what Amazon, Domino's, Uber have done to the customer experience and why they're crushing it against, you know, why did Amazon like go get so much bigger during COVID? Because people were at home wanting to order gyms and you know all these things for their houses and it was just easy and you know efficiently priced too and 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 you should just take a page out of it you can't do everything they do but try to do some of the basic things um and use the software that's built it's not that expensive as we said um a lot of times saves you a little bit on having a higher extra pair of hands yeah no i love that and i i think if we you know one thing that that i've gotten from this conversation and and i know our listeners are going to give that feedback on is is just this idea that, hey, we can make that customer experience that much better. Uh, even though we might be an old school, in an old school industry, we might be a plumber, we might be an electrician, whatever it might be, um, that doesn't mean that we can't have that modernized experience. You know, we're still going to be getting our hands dirty, doing the same type of work that we were doing before, but the end user is just going to enjoy that service we're going to have so much better. And that's going to lead to more referrals, more, um, you know, more potentially more money that you're able to charge because you're providing that extra level of service that doesn't take more time from you. You're just providing that through automation that clients are soon to, if they haven't already, will come to expect in this type of, uh, when they're working with contractors and things like that. So yeah, uh, this has all been great. I, I really appreciate you coming on, Gordon. Um, just as a final part, wrap up, you know, give us one thing that you want us to take away from this conversation. Uh, let us know where we can find you, how, how listeners can um, reach out to you. And I'm going to be putting all that links and, and everything in the show notes as well. Yeah, well, um, be easy to do business with. Be easy to do business with. I mean, that's really the underlying message is that is that your customer wants it to be easy for them. They're busy. They have other things to do. And you, if you make it easier for them, they're going to they're gonna want to do business with you more. So that's, that's the bottom line. And the way I think you do that is through the business automation we've been talking about. And small businesses have to sort of look at what big businesses have done and say, how can I take a page out of their book and, and use a piece of software like 
subscribe to do it. Um, you can find me. It's it's Gordon Henry and my email address, gordon.henry at thrive.com. Thrive is T-H-R-Y-V or just go to thrive.com. Look us up, see what we do. And, and uh, you can easily uh, uh, click a link and get a demo. Uh, you don't even have to get out of your chair to do it. And, um, you know, hopefully this will be helpful to people. And, uh, you know, I, again, back to where we started, we love small businesses. It's our lifeblood. We've been, we've been providing uh, advertising, marketing, and now software services to small business for decades and decades and decades. We want them to flourish. Um, and it is sort of our mission to help them remain and become more and more competitive. So, Yeah, that's awesome. This has been awesome having you on, Gordon. I really appreciate you taking the time. And um, like I said, I'll put some of those links into the show notes. If everyone want to reach out, book a demo, kind of learn more about what you have, and even check out the Winning on Main Street podcast, which I think you guys would really enjoy. So Gordon, thanks for coming on. It was fun. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast from the team at Jetro. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on and share with other business owners. If you have any questions or future topics you want to hear, email them to tax at jetrotax.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.